listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it is Wednesday the 12th of May 2021 and welcome to this special extended stream on Budget 2021 where we'll take a closer look at the update from the government and what it means for the economy, your superannuation and share market opportunities. Well, the budget revealed a deficit of $161 billion this year. That's $52.7 billion lower than what was expected six months ago. And there's a spending splurge of around $75 billion. So what does that mean for the economy? For that, I spoke earlier with Jeremy Thorpe, PwC Chief Economist. Jeremy, does this budget show that the government is working with the Reserve Bank to stimulate growth and lower the unemployment rate? Oh, well, the Reserve Bank's cut interest rates really as far as it can go. and It's now up to the government and it's been up to the government and it's been delivering on expenditure to drive economic activity. We're seeing that with um, lower unemployment rates and the general pickup in the economy. So will it though add to inflation because globally share market investors are worried about it, but the budget papers has wages growth at below 3% until 2025, which means no decent pay rises? What we're going to see is inflation in, in pockets where global supply chains are disrupted or where there are skill shortages, particularly because the borders remain closed. General inflation is not a problem, but we're going to see it in some products and in some sectors. OK, so does that mean no official interest rate rise, as the RBA has suggested, at least until 2024? I think the RBA has been pretty clear. People want to keep doubting them, but I don't think this budget changes the RBA's statement. Um, I think low interest rates or effectively no increase in interest rates until 2024 seems a pretty good bet. Okay. And still given the stimulus, when will we see then an austerity budget and, and how will that likely look? Oh, let's not use the word austerity. I don't think anyone wants an austerity budget, but we are going to have to start um, reining in some of the expenditure. Uh, I predict it'll be in a couple of years' time. Obviously, we've got an election sometime in the next uh, year or so. Uh, but after that, someone is going to have to start making some tough decisions to uh, get spending back. We need to restock the pantry in case there is another pandemic or another disruption where government needs the ability to spend. OK, Jeremy Thorpe there from PwC in Canberra. Thank you very much. Okay, so the three global credit agencies also uh, retained Australia's AAA credit rating as a result. Uh, Fitch and Standard & Poor's, though, do continue to have a negative outlook on that AAA rating. There are also some changes to superannuation announced in the budget. For older Australians, they include some changes to the downsizer scheme, pension loan scheme and the repeal of the work test. So for more on that and more, I spoke with Verve Super CEO Chris Christina Hobbs. Christina, overall, what does the budget mean for superannuation? Well, I think this was a budget with um, a fair bit of expectation in the lead up in relation to superannuation. There was a lot of discussion about whether we would see increases to the superannuation guarantee. There was discussion about whether there may be some reform to support women's super balances. But overall, what we've seen is a budget that's really about tinkering on the edges um, rather than any new major reforms. I guess, though, there are some changes. Of the ones announced, which one do you think is the key change? Well, I think one of the best um, announcements we've seen from this budget that a lot of superannuation funds have been calling for for a while 
is the abolishment of the minimum um, requirement of earning $450 a month before earning any superannuation at all. So this is something that's really going to benefit lower income earners and particularly people who are working casual jobs and potentially earning smaller amounts across multiple casual jobs. For older Australians, what do you think are the key changes to benefit them? We've seen a couple of measures being tinkered with in this budget that I think is interesting. So the first one is for old Australians between the age of 67 and 74. We've seen a repeal of the work test, um, which means that older Australians can still now put money into superannuation as non-concessional contributions or a salary sacrifice um, after they've um, uh, gone past the age of 67. So that will be allowing Australians um, to put in an additional $25,000 a year, which will help um, some Australians in, in um, reduced taxes. Um, and there's a couple of other interesting changes as well. So we've also seen a couple of existing programs sort of being tinkered with again. So um, one of those is around the downsizer scheme. So this is a scheme that allows people um, to sell their homes and then contribute up to $300,000 um, of the value of their home into their superannuation. So again, getting some tax benefits from that. We've also seen changes to the government's pension loan scheme. And this is a scheme that essentially allows older Australians to, to pull equity out of their houses as they, as they age and, and to use that for their retirement income. Uh, we haven't really seen very strong figures of uptake of that program. So I think the government's trying to address that just a little bit to, um, to boost uptake. So are you hopeful the government will continue to see that super guarantee climb from the current 9.5% to 12% in a few years' time? We're certainly hopeful. I think what the economic modelling is clearly showing is that in order to ensure that the majority of Australians can retire in comfort, we do need to see an increase in that guarantee and also, of course, to take pressure off the pension system in the years ahead. So uh, we're confident and we're, and we're um, certainly grateful that the government's continued that in this budget. Christina Hobbs there from Verve Super. And now with so much spending, what are the opportunities on the share market? For that, I spoke earlier with UBS Australian equity strategist, Peter Stoltz. Peter, is the budget positive or negative for shares? The budget is very positive for shares. There's $96 billion in spending over the next five years, which is about double what we were expecting. And to put into context, some sell-side economists had as little as 10 to $20 billion in spending. So which sectors do you see as the biggest winners and why? I'd say infrastructure is a clear winner. Um, we were expecting materially less stimulus than what we got for infrastructure, it came in at $15.2 billion. So that's spending on things like roads, rail, et cetera. And there's some listed companies in the engineering and contracting space which should benefit from more contracts and more work. Any other beneficiaries? Yeah, I would highlight housing as a big beneficiary. There's various policies to support housing and the banks should benefit via higher credit growth as well as building material companies to the extent that there's an increasing building activity. Um, and then also aged care received a lot of funding, um, including an increase in the supplement for the daily fee paid by aged care residents, which should be good for listed aged care operators. So will this flow through to higher dividends at all? And if so, to what extent? So the short answer is not directly. Fiscal stimulus 
does not have the goal of supporting dividends, but indirectly via boosting the economy, which should increase business conditions or improve business conditions, I should say, which should lead to increased profits, it will eventually flow through to higher dividends. The, the most direct read-through for dividends could be from the temporary capex expensing policy, whereby corporates can uh, deduct the cost of a capital asset when they buy it. And for corporates that were going to buy capital assets in any case, that would result in a boost to cash flow, which they could pass through as dividends. We've seen inflation fears hit the market over the past few weeks, even more so over the past few days, right? What are your thoughts? Because we've seen this sector rotation out of growth stocks into value of late. So will that continue? Well, firstly, we don't expect uh, an inflation breakout. We expect a temporary inflation spike on the back of a rebounding oil price. Now, inflation is good for value stocks, and we have seen that rotation, as you mentioned. So our view is that value stocks continue to outperform growth stocks as higher inflation prints come through. But eventually, once that wears off, uh, you could see a return to a world where growth stocks dominate value stocks, as was the case pre-COVID. Okay, what does the budget mean for interest rates? So our economist view is that the RBA will still maintain the cash rate at 0.1% until the end of 2022, but he now sees a risk of a rate hike before the RBA's guidance of 2024. Okay, what about back to the market? Where do you see the 200 ending the year then as a result? So we think there's a good chance that the ASX 200 could hit 7,500 this year. Uh, we've built a top-down earnings model that shows that high consumer confidence, um, strong business conditions and strong global growth is very good for stock market earnings and, by extension, um, the price level of the index. Um, we don't think that the inflation breakout is a material risk and history shows that Australians' um, equities do well in periods of low to moderate inflation. So with that view, we maintain um, a bullish stance on Australian equities through to the end of the year. But finally, what's the major threats to that forecast? I would say rising bond yields uh, is a threat simply because as bond yields rise, the valuation of stocks fall because other investments like fixed income and term deposits become more compelling. Um, a pullback in commodity prices is also a risk uh, to Australian equities. That was Peter Stoltz there from UBS. And despite the stimulus and the perceived good news for Australian shares and potential opportunities, the Australian share market fell today by 0.7% on the S&P ASX 200 to 7,044.9 points. For more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Luke Larrative from Seneca Financial Services. Luke, we're hearing that the budget is broadly positive for shares, but the market's been sold off today. Why? US markets were broadly weaker overnight with inflation and the potential investment impacts uh, still the kind of key variable in investors' minds. So while the budget's relevant, it's less relevant to the overall sentiment in the market when compared to things like inflationary expectations, which are sort of fundamental to markets everywhere. So tell me more about those inflationary expectations and what it means for the direction of interest rates, because UBS today is saying that the budget could bring forward the timing of rate rises. 
Yeah, certainly, um, you know, macroeconomics 101, we learn at university that government spending and the government is certainly spending, uh, you know, d does increase inflationary expectations. And, you know, that's a potential risk, I suppose, going forward for markets. That being said, I'm not so sure that the shift in, in government spending is anything beyond what the market was already expecting or, you know, completely outside the realms of what the market was already expecting. So I don't know how material that shift forward is going to be, though I'm sure there will be some sort of shift forward. Okay. Given that, though, is there anything in the, in the budget that makes you excited about investing in certain sectors? Certainly, the infrastructure component, uh, from my perspective, is exciting for the overall economy as well as for you know specific stocks at, at a micro kind of level. I think that you know the government's going to go and spend a lot of money on, on building tunnels, roads, bridges, you know, all, all these projects that they're looking at doing, and that's very good for jobs. It puts upward upward pressure on wages uh, because the construction sector is a very large employer, and it's some it's something that can't be disintermediated by technology. Uh, they need human people to do that. So I think overall, that's a really positive for the economy as well as obviously building material stocks, associated contractors and services sectors. If we focus on what's moving the markets today or some company news, the Commonwealth Bank reported a third quarter cash profit of $2.4 billion. That's almost double on the same time last year. What do you make of it? Look, back onto these inflationary expectations, certainly as the, the economy improves, inflationary expectations go up, the yield curve steepens, banks are going to make a lot more money and margins are going to be a lot healthier. That being said, probably the comp parable period last year isn't the best one to look at. CBA and the other banks had to put, a, put aside a fair bit of money uh, to provision against potential COVID impacts, which they had, you know, at the time, no idea how that was going to play out. So while double, you know, double profit does seem like a big number, uh, it's probably more, uh, more attuned to speaking to last year than is it anything to do with the current environment. And I think going forward, the, the environment for banks is going to be really solid. Okay. Any other major moves today? Look, I think the interesting one was, was CSR. They came out with their annual report. Uh, the stock was up 4.4% um, and they've reported a profit up 19% of $160 million. I think that does just speak to how strong the housing market is, how strong some of this infrastructure spending is and, and, and where that sort of is going to end up over the next 12 or 24 months. Um, I think, you know, that's a really good result from them. Otherwise, we're just seeing a lot of the stocks that were beat up, the growth stocks that are getting rotated out of, sort of bouncing back a little bit today. Uh, stocks like Adore Beauty is up 7%, uh, Nearmap up 4.5% after their legal action and Newix bouncing back a little bit plus 3%. What do you make of the travel sector? I mean, we've seen those stocks slam today. Yeah, look, I think the uh, one thing that has come out of the budget sort of announcement last night, not so much the papers, was that the borders are going to stay shut and that's politically very uh, palatable for, for for politicians and, and makes their life easier. So I think they're going to stay shut. Uh, that's that's negative for some of the cyclical travel stocks and potentially, you know, is, is worse than what some investors were pricing in. Uh, so, so I think that's why they've been sold off so heavily. But that being said, I do think uh, markets are just having a bit of a Correction at the moment, nothing too drastic, completely normal. But we are just seeing that sort of uh, the range going heading down to the bottom end of the range that the stock, the market's been trading in. Luke Larity there from Seneca Financial Solutions. That is the extended version of SBS on the money. This budget special. If you are missed part of it, remember you can listen to it as a podcast on the SBS News website or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to good podcasts from. I'm Ricardo Gonsalves. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at businessricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. 
It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Thank you.